0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lent, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download the free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3, 7 through 15, called The Great I Am and The Great Commission.
1: So this one who has appeared to Moses identified himself as the God of his fathers in verse uh, six, says, I'm aware. He says, I have come down to deliver or rescue them. We're back in Exodus 3, 8. From the power of the Egyptians. I've come down to bring them up. I've come down to bring them up. This is what God does in our life. He reaches into our lives to raise us up, to redeem us out of the miry clay, often what we've created, our own taskmasters, our own sin that easily entangles us. And he says, I want to lift you out of that. I want to lift you out of the slavery. I want to lift you out of the mud. I want to lift you out of the quicksand. And sometimes we feel so stuck that we're sinking and we're like, Lord, do you see? I feel like I'm, I'm up to my chin in this stuff. Help. And the lifeline comes, and interestingly enough, the one within the bush, we believe, is Jesus. Before he became that baby in Bethlehem, he came down. I've come down because I care. Sometimes people say, does God care? You know, if he would just open up the sky and say, here I am, I'm God. There is a God. There is a heaven. Wouldn't that be so much easier? But here's the truth. God did come down. Amen? He entered into our pain in the person of Christ, born in a stable, not in a palace, born to uh, live the perfect life that we could never live, to bear witness to the truth, to die a terrible death, to enter into our pain, to be treated as if he had committed my sin and your sin and the collective sin of humanity. God does care. That's why I'm a Christian. Jesus entered into my pain. Not always on my timeline, no doubt. Not always the way that I would think or I would imagine. So he says, I've come down. I've come down to bring them up. Redemption is not just about salvation. It's salvation from something, listen, to something. You get saved out of the world and you become a servant of Christ. You get saved out of the kingdom of God. Satan, if you will, to the kingdom of God, to serve a different Lord, a different God, a different king, to march to the beat of a different drummer, the one who made you and loved you. Amen? That's what it's about. I've come down to bring them up. And when we witness to our friends, that's what we need to say. Salvation is about coming up. It's about rising up to new life. From that land to a good and spacious land, this is the promised land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, These are descriptions of bounty and plenty to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Parasite. No, I'm sorry, that's the (laughs) Parasite. The Hivite, the Jebusite, the Koronite, the yorbelindite no, just. And Moses had to be thinking, yes, you've come down. This is something that I've been thinking about, wondering about. Considering the theological perspective of why you would allow your children to suffer. You've come down to deliver. The Hebrew word not sell, it means to snatch up, to rescue, to save. It's all pictures of the gospel. Jesus came down to rescue, to save us. This is John 6, 38 through 42. Jesus speaking, I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that all that he has given me, I lose nothing but raise it up on the last day. This is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him may have eternal life. Reading from John six forty, And I myself will raise him up on the last day. I came down to raise up. The Jews, therefore, were grumbling about him because he said, I'm the bread that came down out of heaven. They were saying, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I've come down out of heaven? Because he came down to save us. He became a man to enter into our pain, to empathize and sympathize, to lift us up, to deliver us from the power of Satan, sin, and death. And now, behold, Exodus 3.9, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. It's time, it's go time. Therefore, come now. Now here's Moses. Yes, go get him, Lord. Uh, I, I'd like a full report when you get back. Yes. And the Lord says, and I will send you. Who? Is <laughs> there anybody around in this burning bush <laughs> but me? <laughs> I think all he's going to hear is meh, meh. Nah. <laughs> that's it. It's only sheep. Here I am, Lord. He, earlier he had responded when the Lord said, Moses, Moses. He said, here I am. Some, some commentators believe that's a, a, like, tell me what you want me to do kind of phrase. Here I am. Uh, little Samuel said it to God. When he spoke to him, uh, Isaiah, when he saw that vision of the Lord, the Lord said, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Here I am, Lord, send me. Not him, not her. Send me. And Moses is told, I'm sending you. Go now. If you have a New American Standard, it says, come now. The the Hebrew could be, so now go, if you have an NIV, or come now. It's kind of an interesting phrase because I think this is the idea. It's yalak in Hebrew. It means to walk or to carry. So God is saying, okay, it's time to go, it's time to walk, but it has the idea of carry. And come now to me says, come to me and I will send you. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I, Jesus says, will give you rest. In order to do God's work, you have to come to Him. You have to abide in him, and then you go. Amen? You don't try to do it on your own. And Moses has significant questions about his ability. I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. It's like, I'm going to send you to the president of the United States, and you're going to say these words. You'll walk into the Oval Office, and you'll warn. And you're like, uh, is there anybody else in the desert of Midian? You can't be talking to me. I've been in the desert for 40 years. I'm a I'm comfortable here. This is where I live. This is I've got a routine. I wake up at this time. I have my coffee at this time. What do you mean? You go. And I think the Lord would say to some of you this morning, "Bring the burden of the mission to me." I'm not calling you to do this on your own. I'm saying I'm going to empower you to do this. See, when we feel a sense of calling on our lives, the first thing we do is begin to analyze our abilities. Sheesh, am I the man or the woman who could do this? I got news for you. You ain't. <laughs> the moment that you feel qualified, you're in trouble. In, in the kingdom, you have to bring your weaknesses to the king. And he says, I'm going to strengthen you. And this is what Moses Is wrestling with. You're going to bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt, and Moses 11 said to God, "Who am I, that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt?" All kinds of commentary on Moses' response. Is he afraid? Is he too comfortable? See where it says, "But Moses." We have uh, Pastor John, and he's been in ministry a lot of time, a long time, and he says, when he's in counseling, whenever somebody says, "But." He says, everything that follows but is baloney. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but. Uh, there's some fine print here that I'd like you to read. Uh, I, I don't do windows. I, I don't work on Tuesday afternoons. Yeah, but, yeah, but, 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 baloney. <laughs> right? That's, don't you sometimes wait for the but? Someone's talking to you and they're like, and this and that, and it would be great which is just another way to say all that I just said never mind because now I'm going to give you my excuse of why I'm not going to do it that was all just flowery preparatory just to make me feel better about the butt that I'm about to put before you for my excuse but Moses said to God who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and I think that we could See some humility here. The Bible does say that Moses was the most humble man that was on the planet at that time. He was a humble man. And maybe we just give the benefit of the doubt in saying rather than making him making excuses, he's just seriously doubting his ability, the goods that he has to do this. And I think anybody who's ever done any kind of ministry feels that way. The first time you've tried to share your faith with a friend, the, the first time you decided, I'll, okay, I'll teach that Sunday school class, but those kids, I don't know what's going to happen in there. I'm intimidated. Or, uh, you know, the first time I took a stand in the office on a moral issue and decided that, you know what, I'm not going to hide that I'm a Christian. Who am I? You won't really know who you are until you know who he is there's all kinds of people walking our streets this morning that this is the phrase, this is the modern phrase, I have to find out who I am. Really? <laughs> oh, I think you know all too well who you are. I think, and I, look, I know what people are saying when they say that, but here's the bottom line. You aren't going to know who you are why you're on this planet, where you're headed, what your purpose is, until you know who he is. And that's where we're going here. Who am I? Moses, I'll tell you who you are. You're a baby. You're a a man who was a baby at one time, and your mom was inspired by my mighty hand to save you in an ark that went down the Nile, and everything's been orchestrated for this moment for you to serve me. I'll tell you who you are. You're the deliverer, not because you have the goods, but because I'm going to do it through you. That's so much different than, can I really do this? Am I strong enough? Am I smart enough? Even David said to God, who am I? Oh, Lord God, That what is my house that you've brought me this far?
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen
1: to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local
0: to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today.
1: Hey, I want to give you a reminder about an event coming up at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona where I serve as senior pastor. We're doing a Harvest Fest event a Halloween alternative on October the 31st. It's a carnival theme called The Greatest Joy on Earth. 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Monday night, October the 31st, game booths, inflatables, a bake walk, trunks of treats, lots of candy, food vendors, music, and a whole lot of fellowship and fun, including the gospel being preached. Admission is free. And if you want to come out and join us, download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store, You can get information and driving directions. It is open to you, and I would love to meet you on that night. If we haven't met before and you're one of our listening families or even a partner with the ministry, we would like to say thank you. Come on out. You can get everything you need at walkintruth.com. Click on the Church tab or the Living Truth app
0: on your App Store. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth.
1: 2 Samuel 7 18. I think if we stay there, if we're always in awe of anything that God does for us, we're in a good place. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you at the proper time. Look, I realize in my life, and I'm sure you do in yours, that there's so many privileges that God gives me that I don't deserve. But somehow in his grace, he has said, I will qualify you. One writer says this is the first of several attempts to get out of this, quite possibly quoting what fuels Moses' self-doubts on this occasion are very vivid and painful memories of failed efforts many years earlier to come to the rescue of one of his people. Past defeats and humiliations tend to dog us more than past victories. Time does not heal all wounds. On occasions, the passing of time exacerbates them. The failure to deliver the wounded Hebrew is much more in Moses' memory bank than the successful deliverance of the priest's seven daughters at the well. Don't we do this? Instead of us celebrating the past victories that we've had and where God gave us the goods that we needed we focus on the defeats and we we do things like this oh if i woulda shoulda coulda woulda shoulda shoulda i shoulda said this right there i went and given up you know and we we go through this stuff where we focus all only on the negative do you do that i'm not strong enough who am i God is going to shift Moses' attention away from his abilities because God doesn't use the most powerful on the planet. Have you noticed? He doesn't use the wealthy or the, the, the well-to-do, but he uses the foolish things of the world. Our weakness becomes an opportunity for God's strength. And he said, certainly I will be with you, 12. And this shall be the sign to you that, I, that it is I, who have sent you, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. I will be with you. Is that enough? The call to God's service, quoting, always comes with the promise of God's presence. Let me say that one more time. The call to God's service always comes with the promise of God's presence. And this is the only time that I know of that God will say to Moses, I will be with you. He says it once to him. Now, it's said over a hundred times in the Old Testament to different people. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Joshua, I'll be with you. Jeremiah, I know you're young and you feel like you, maybe no one will listen to you. I will be with you. That should make the difference. And that's not just for Old Testament characters. I will be with you till the end of the age is within the great commission of Matthew twenty-eight twenty, I will never leave you or forsake you is in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. It's for you. Do you believe that? I will never leave you or forsake you. I am with you. When you go to share the gospel, you need to know that. When you go to reconcile something from the past, you need to know that I am with you. The Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, lives inside of you. Do you know that? To empower you, to give you the fruits of the Spirit, to give you a baptism of boldness, you must not and you cannot rely on yourself. That's when I get in trouble. That's what we call walking in the flesh. And we all struggle with that one, right? And sometimes we've gotten ourselves in the biggest trouble as Christians when we've operated in the flesh. Instead of really praying about something, instead of really reading our Bible that morning, before we go into that confrontation, before we deal with that issue, we must put on the armor of God. We must ask God to fill us and us being kept being filled with the Spirit. Amen? This is, this is what's happening here. I'll be with you. I'm not leaving you. God's response to fear is not to explain it away as illusory, like it doesn't really happen, but to replace it with another more powerful belief and trust in his presence. Essentially, quoting one commentary, for Pharaoh to get to you, Moses, he'll have to go through me. That's what God is saying. Will you trust me? And, you know, in the moment at the burning bush, sometimes we get inspired. We're at church and like, yeah, this week, it's all over. The devil's not going to win this week. Here I go. I just didn't buy the burning bush, right? Woo. Off into that world. Take about 20 minutes. (laughs) Maybe sometimes five minutes. Why'd that person cut me off? That person goes to Living Truth. Cut me off in the parking lot. (laughs) Who took the last maple bar this morning? Didn't they know that was mine? You go to one service. That person's sitting in my seat. Any of you go through that the last couple of Sundays? You don't have to confess it. But we'll set up an appointment this week if you need one. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So this last uh, week I was watching some Christian television and uh, some of you may have seen this. It's, it was called Pastors Under Fire. And it was about uh, pastors who are trying to st- take a stand against the, uh, the, the regulations coming down from the government about churches being open. And there's a pastor um, over a church in Pasadena area. I can't think of his name right now. And he was talking about... Uh, a lawsuit that was going on and the regulations that were coming down on his church. And a lot of these pastors have taken stands, have come out of socialist, communist countries. And they're like, oh, please don't let this happen to America. And they don't, they really plead with Americans to see what's going on here. It's, it's much bigger than a virus. We know there's a real virus, but it's much bigger than a virus. There are dichotomies being made between you know, uh, religious establishments trying to open to minister to people when you have depression and abuse and all these things skyrocketing, and they'll allow secular things to go on but not religious things. That's not about a virus. But anyway, this pastor quoted Second Timothy one seven, and he said, "God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind." Listen to this. He said, "Do you know that that Greek word in Second Timothy one seven for fear is not phobos; it's not ph." O-B-O-S, where we get phobias. That's a normal Greek word there for fear. It's dylea. It's the only time it's used in the New Testament. Do you know what the word actually means? It means to be a coward. God has not given you the spirit of being a coward. And this guy looks into the camera and says, I'm fearful of that cowardice is playing a big role in decision-making in the church today. He said, said, frankly, I'm shocked that so many Christian pastors are backing down. It's it's scary. And it shows you how quickly this can happen. And And I'm not gonna make commentary on all the parameters within a given church and what is the best decision for that church because I don't wanna sound like I'm being judgmental up here because that's not my goal. But I, I want you to see the bigger picture of just infringement. And at what point will the church say the doors must be open because we have a higher edict from God to minister to the people.
0: You've been listening to The Great I Am and The Great Commission, part two on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3, 7 through 15. And if you miss any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions based on whatever you heard in his teaching today. Or maybe you have a question about something else or need encouragement or prayer. Or maybe you just want to share with us how Pastor Michael's teachings have blessed you. You can email Pastor Michael at this email address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. One more time, contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word.
1: Well, yesterday as we closed the program, we talked a little bit about how sometimes we don't feel God. We might say, well, where is he in this circumstance or that circumstance? I don't feel him or see him. Well, you know, the Lord moves um, in, he's always moving it's not always clear to me what he's doing but I know he's faithful and I know he's for me and not against me and and I would just tell you if if you're experiencing a little bit of dryness ask yourself some questions like well what I what have I been doing have I been in the word of God have I been praying uh, am I in fellowship am I serving now maybe you would say I'm doing all those things and I still feel a little bit uh you know empty or uh God feels distant from me. Well, you know, there's a promise in the Bible that when you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. You may not always feel a tingling sensation or something like that, but God's word is true. And this is what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. So hang on, brother, sister, if you're in that situation and let us know how you can pray, how we can pray for you at walkintruth.com. You can send us a prayer request right there, walkintruth.com. This is Pastor Michael Lance. Hey, if you're new to the broadcast, this is Walk in Truth. It's a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. Hey, if you'd like to know more about the church or even to talk to a pastor, we do have a number that you can call. It's 844-48-TRUTH, 844-48-TRUTH. We have pastors here during daytime business hours that could are more than willing to talk and pray with you. We have a lot going on in the fellowship. And uh, if you want to know more, if you've been out of fellowship for a while, you'd like to worship with us, you like the teaching style, the kind of verse-by-verse exposition that you're hearing, well, that comes from the pulpit of Living Truth. And the best way to get info and driving directions, keep it simple. Go to walkintruth.com and click on that church tab walkintruth.com click on the church tab Lord willing we'll see you right here tomorrow thank you for your prayers for your partnership and for your love we appreciate you
0: remember Walk in Truth is a listener supported ministry your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the word of God and apply it to their life please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or you can always give a one time gift Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3, 7-15, through 15, called The Great I Am and The Great Commission. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.